join us at your own university. Like, subscribe, and turn on those notifications. You're not going to want to miss a bit of this. Hey, welcome back to Podcast Now 10, The Big X. And um, today we're going to talk about uh, yin, taking your time, which I'll uh, say is a bit ironic given behind the scenes here. Look, we happen to have less time to record this podcast. So there's sort of a paradoxical beauty in that. And, um, and we've touched on the paradox of things, um, the duality within the unity of things. Um, and so in a way, this actually is sort of a tip of the hat to that, our not having a lot of time to talk about taking your time. So uh, Lisha took some time for herself and uh, I haven't, I've heard a little bit about, but um, I'd love for her to, for you to share here on this podcast and to have us ease into this topic that way. Are you up for that? Sure. Okay, <laughs> cool. questions do you have? So taking time, really, like I mean, why, Yeah, like why did you start? Like what, what instigated it in the first place, I guess would be the first question. I feel like I've gone through a massive paradigm shift. I think a lot of the world has gone through this paradigm shift. And um, I'm one with everybody as everybody's one with me, right? So, um, so I was going through it and I just lost touch with who I am. I also live in a place in the world that in Alaska, we're more rugged. There's more outdoor things that happen. And I have a large part of me that desires to be on the water and the sun and less clothing um, and, and, and more free. Mm-hmm. And that part of me doesn't get expressed as often and or accepted when I am. I, I stand out. I, I, I'm, I'm judged. I feel judged. And so I had lost touch with that part of me very, very in tune with the part of me that's a nature lover and a yogi and, and a sporty girl and a hiker and, and an intellectual. Um, but I, I lost touch with the, the flirty, fun, feminine. I mean, down to the place of the only thing that I did for my feminine, just to like hang on to her by a shoestring is I got my lashes done. And I got an eye infection and my lashes had to come off. And that was the first time in eight years. And that was kind of, I was okay with that. And I went, um, I went home and I was just like, oh my gosh. But that happened actually after I got tickets to Mexico. So what happened was um, a friend of mine who I hike with, and uh, I know a little bit and gotten to know a little bit. Um, she had taken a month long vacation. And, and before that, another friend asked, um, she was talking about going to Hawaii and we were talking about going to Hawaii together on the 22nd. Cause I just needed some sun. I needed some, I needed a break. I'm in the middle of this dissertation. I'm taking some big leaps in my life. And I just wanted to find myself, connect with myself and, and recenter, just get quiet and let go of everything I ever thought that I possibly knew about myself and all definitions and ways of being and desires and should have and would have and could have and just been like, okay, soul, who, who are we now? What identity am I stepping into as Dr. Lisha Antica? And, um, and finish my doctorate, work on my doctorate. 
And so that actually didn't pan out. She had some things shift. She ended up going to Hawaii, but that she had some things there. And my other friend, um, she was already down there. She said something, she wrote this uh, post and I was like, oh, I wish I had your worries. And she's like, come on down. I have two beds and a cot. And I was like, oh my gosh, okay. And I just looked at tickets and I found a ticket out of Alaska for 500 bucks round trip to Cancun. Yeah, it doesn't happen. <laughs> I didn't think. <laughs> so I said, yes. And I took that leap, not knowing what I was in for, where I was going. Um, I shifted my clients to one day and one another day. I planned to go diving, which I hadn't been diving since I had a divorce six, seven years ago. And I, I was just like ready to be a mermaid and, and take time to be quiet, just be with myself. And, and the first half of the trip, it was, um, just that it was uncomfortably that, which is another story that I was releasing and letting go. But it was just that I had amazing client calls. I, I got to work on my dissertation. I got to meet with my teacher. I got to meditate on the beach. I got to do yoga on the beach. I got to go snorkeling and scuba diving and, and just spend a lot of time alone, contemplating, listening, being quiet. And, and it was beautiful, just divinely orchestrated. And then, um, you know, as I was doing that day one, I figured out my dissertation, I knew exactly what I was talking to and that I thought I did like a 380 switch talking about time. And really I shifted three degrees just the other way. So everything was already there and I knew it. I just didn't know that because I had thought that all my work was gone. And then that extended time, right? That gave me a lot of time. So I had a really cathartic cry. I went to bed at like seven o'clock at night. I had a complete reset. I woke up the next day. I did yoga. I had clients all day. And um, it's just beautiful doing, doing yoga and sitting by the beach and having my client calls, right? <laughs> like when you work like us, like me, like you, you, we can work from around the world. It's pretty amazing. So I just basked in that beauty. And then um, the next day I went diving and we had a monsoon rain and um, it flooded our room and flooded all my stuff and I couldn't use the computer anymore. So after three days of really working on my dissertation and, and doing that time stopped and it was like, nope, you can't do this. We moved downstairs to another room and the bed was like a wooden plank basically that I got to sleep on. And I was like, this is so uncomfortable. <laughs> and I asked God for this or something better. This or something better. And um, just basking that gratitude and extending time. And literally a girlfriend that lives down there, she's a fantastic um, branding photographer. She's a money and wealth consciousness coach. Um, she literally was a rock star and um, just super amazing woman, that soul sister. Um, we had had dinner on Friday night during the monsoon rain. <laughs> like That worked out basically. She wrote me and she's like, how about I pick you up tomorrow night? You spend the night with me and then we go to Tulum, which we had already planned for Sunday. And 
so basically that ended up me shifting into a penthouse on the beach <laughs> and, and photo shoots and fun attire and fancy meals and everything that that is just so me, so me that can be shamed and wronged um, in this environment, in, in Alaska environment, not by everybody, but it's just not really how we live here. And um, uh, it was divine. It was divine. It was posh. It was. It was. It was fancy. It was. It was incredible. It was photo shoots. It was dancing on the beach. It was everything that I had been seeking and and missing in myself. Even even denying a little bit. Um, green drinks and juicing and, and like yoga and bands and bars and and it was amazing and um randomly by the last night the computer was fixed it worked I came home I worked on my dissertation all the way home and um arrived here my man picked me up it was just it was divine but what happened in that as far as time is I couldn't have planned it and, and, but I was open to the expansion of time. I was open to where time took me and I was open to that release. And that's what I remember today as I was doing yin yoga, as you were writing me about doing this topic of yen, which is meaning taking time. But for me, what it means most than more than anything, Jason, I'd love to know how you feel about this is it means the acceptance and the trust of enough time. So, sorry, so what's your question for me? That's a lot, what there's so much think? we could talk on. Yeah, like what do you think about Yen being more of the trusting and the acceptance of time? So we're in that moment. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I would consider Yen just uh, release the release of time. Um, mm, uh, it's hard yeah. to think about yin and yang as related to time, actually, um, except for yin being a letting go, relaxing, and that being, therefore, the relationship to time is is a release from time. It's not. It's actually not a relationship to time. It's a relationship to timelessness. It's just a relationship to mm -hmm. to letting go mm -hmm. and things dissipating and um, dissolving. I mean, that's the yin aspect of things, whereas the the flip side that's married to that of the yang is the condensation or the gathering up or the collection of all of those energies, which at some point could be accelerated into the tracking of time, which is just a human construct, of course, the clock, which we haven't used our whole human history. Um, yeah. But uh, so, so time really then actually isn't, has nothing to do with the clock. It has to do with how you feel, how your, how your, how your consciousness is tracking experience. And it just feels different uh, in different times, different relationships um, to, and different chemicals happening in your body. So I would guess, and I'm not a scientist, that like when time feels um, tight, there's probably some cortisol being released or something like that. Whereas when time's <laughs> feeling- belly. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, and where, so time, 
going feeling going slowly is 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 a release is not an acceleration or a condensation of things and possibly i don't know if it would have to do with dopamine but i'm sure one of those one of those drugs in there that that apparently human beings are so dependent on um there's mm -hmm. the set you know this oh i guess it would be serotonin is probably serotonin being yeah and so you could say time is a chemical interaction with <laughs> with serotonin. yourself as affected by reality yeah. So my um, question is like how because you feel like we feel this crunch. So mm -hmm. when we feel this crunch, which is natural, I think a lot of us get anxiety, like things, there's deadlines, there's all this time. Like well, there it is right there. How can we breathe into that to shift the our relationship and our perception of of enough? So those that condensing, contracting, cortisol creating emotion doesn't take hold of us and we can still think because i don't know about you but i know when i feel pushed or crunched like i literally cannot think yeah well i think we would we need we need a part two for all of this but um the the very fact of having a deadline will create the the conception of a time crunch and the whole idea concept and like you could say practice of trying to have time be slow internally while it's actually not externally um, is like the million dollar question. I mean, that's like what the, all of yoga is based upon is being able to actually find the timeless in the time so that it's like an extension of chop wood, carry water for those, you know, I don't know if you haven't heard of that expression audience, um, chop wood, carry water. It's like what happens before enlightenment, you have to chop wood and carry water, which is that version of like, you have to make money, you have to have a job, you have to do this. And then, okay, you're enlightened. What do you do afterwards? You do you chop wood and you carry water. But the difference is um, that your conception of what you're needing to do feels different. And it's because you're able, I mean, it's clearly some sort of relationship with yourself that wouldn't be static because everything's moving all the time but it sounds like a completely harmonious relationship with yourself and how does one attain that i i don't know exactly i think we talk about it all the time in all of these different ways i think uh, a lot of the paradigm it depends who you are as well so uh, like for me uh, my intellectual aspect is very satisfied by paradigms so it, when i hear a paradigm it can be illuminating it, it literally opens up space inside of me and it and that space and here we go here's a, a yogic and uh, in other traditions axiom which is time and space that's one thing time and space are not separate actually so they're actually they are themselves one thing flip sides of one thing so as you're able to create internal space you do slow time and i guess that would be the closest thing i have to a tangible answer for you um mm -hmm. great question i just it's it's the timeless question if you will so i think well it's 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 so hard to pinpoint it but i think that's as close as i can get the more space is you know as you the internal space that one creates is the slowing of the time that they're able to affect yeah. it's the effect of time slowing a book that i love that goes into this expansion of time and our ability to expand time is the um big leap by um gay hendricks and I love his teaching in it about when he learned how to slow this time down inside of him so he could trust the universe to provide. And I've done this for years where if I feel rushed, I slow my breath. 
Okay, this is if I remember, I should say, I don't know, I was, nobody's perfect. But when I remember, I slow my breath, I ground into my feet, and then I ask for that support from God, universe, source, the, the threading of everything, like, make it so I just arrive at the appointment in perfect timing. And I've gotten to the airport in record time this way, never hitting a light. I've gotten to yoga classes and stuff where everyone's just starting late. I've gotten to meetings where everyone was late, right? I didn't even have to say anything. <laughs> like, like where normally I would, I would have felt this push. So that's a book that I highly recommend is um, The Big Leap. And then practicing yen yoga. Do you have like a favorite teacher or are you planning on doing like a yen yoga class? Have you taught yen yoga? I I call it breeze and it's a little yen, long holds, um, restorative opening. Um, but my background's with, with Iyengar when it comes to yen yoga, not yen traditional yen. Because <laughs> there's a yen yoga, everybody, if you don't know that. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Well, if to answer your question, yes, I've taught you in, um, and Paul Grilly was our go-to mostly. Yeah, I um, love him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's, I, I like my teacher we, training. I friggin' love Paul. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yes, I've taught you in at different studios in different locations, um, different countries. And, um, I, I, in terms of the long holds, yeah, I, I always like to hold long and that probably aggravated many a student in my non-yin classes um, be where we weren't supported in a lot of our postures or well the, they weren't all supported but um, where they're expecting the postures to be held longer i like to just hold them long in general because in my experience and what what's gotten out of a, an individual posture that's not held long is not much but possibly in the if that's in conjunction with a variety of other postures then you're creating a different sort of experience but in any case now we're starting starting to get off into Asana. And I definitely think we should have a part two on at least a part two, if not more on time, um, starting possibly with, uh, see, here we are. I love paradigms. So this remembering of the concept of time space being together or the reality, you could say, and many might say of time and space being connected, I think would be a great starting point for like a part two of um, talking about time, slowing time, relationship to time, which I'll probably not run out of or creating uh, space material for. I feel like that's space, what sure. the breath does in me is it like creates space. And then I'm like, okay, can I open to, to things being different? And the more I can let go of the how they look differently and that control, um, like I did in Mexico, like, I don't know how this can feel different. I don't know how I can feel accepted and, and loved and appreciated in this moment. Right. But, um, but I'm open to that. Right. I'm well, seeing the paradigm. I created it and I'm open to something new and then boom, not even what I thought could happen or would happen like happens. And that has happened in my life. How do you create space? Just last question. Do you have any tips or tools that you do to create this space and remind yourself that it's going to be okay that you, and to lean into that faith and that trust Yes. Well, first of all, this idea of um, the feeling of space, then moving, changing certain thoughts and views on things is, is um, like your threshold. I'd love to hear more about that another time. Um, when I think of creating space inside, it's like pre-intellectual. Um, it's simply 
the observe the relationship of your internal experience. So what would I recommend? Well, actually, and I do this very often is focusing from Eugene Genlin. It's from probably from the seventies. It was his dissertation. Um, since then there have been, there are organizations you can go online and look for focusing. I, I, um, hopefully I can get an, a URL at some point because there's a particular, I would go to the official focusing site. I just don't know what that URL is at the moment. And uh, the description of what focusing is especially is, is brilliant. And however, there are just instructions on focusing, which is simply your, your internal observation. It's like a somatic exercise where you're internally observing what is speeding you up, what is uncomfortable, what is un intangible that you can't quite pinpoint there's actually a step-by-step -step process you don't need to follow the steps just as they are and the website will explain that beautifully um, but there are also steps if you don't know how to take you inward six steps and they basically allow you to connect with yourself so the moment that i'm doing that is the moment that i'm finding space usually if i'm not trying to do anything if i'm not in my intellect if i'm simply um, interacting with my with my inner sensations with my subtle sensations yeah that's another thing by Eugene Genlin. Yeah. I didn't know it's called focusing, but yeah, yeah. You know, that somatic practice of what, what is happening. You know, I teach it in a lot of my courses too. I freaking love it. So beautiful, beautiful. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing. So maybe next week we'll talk more about this space and space creation. And then everybody, Jason will send me um, a link and I'll have that link to the focusing website somewhere. We'll have cool. it here on our on our page so you can look that up we're not associated with them yet but um we are open to that focus people <laughs> focus peeps what's up fps we're open to to have you teaching at your own university we have a, a class coming up with lynn um this next month on um, podcasting actually and getting your word out. So we're really opening up to that. It will be in our business department for our members and for anybody, you're welcome to join us live. So thank you so much for joining us for our 10th podcast. Gems, Jason, thank you so much for being you. Thank you, Alicia, for being you. And thanks everyone for being you. And, you uh, we, you. and we welcome you to you to develop who you are. That's the point of you. And we have many you. tools and paradigms to offer, including this class coming up. So hope to see you soon. Yes, yes. See Thanks, you there. Everyone.